Welcome to the Waking Up to Money podcast. So this podcast used to be called the Happy Pricing Podcast, but um, since we've restarted it, uh, myself and Ben, we thought, ah, oh, Waking Up to Money, uh, because of its double meaning. Uh, we record these uh, podcasts uh, at 10.15 a.m. UK time <laughs> every Wednesday. And uh, so you're waking up at that time, I think. Well, hopefully you've woken up already. But it's also about waking up to the idea of how you your relationship to money and your relationship, therefore, to pricing and how you can do that more powerfully. These podcasts are recorded live and a lot of the time with live guests asking their questions. And so I hope there'll be a resource for you trying to work out what it means to price more powerfully and confidently and to stop getting in your own way of making the money you want to make in your business. Enjoy. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Uh, we're probably going to kick off in about a couple of minutes, but we thought we'd just... Um, to avoid me forgetting uh, <laughs> to press record and also just to ease ourselves into it. Um, and also while we're getting settled, uh, there's a little poll uh, I created. Um, hi, Kate. Good morning. Um, and uh, I think we have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to identify you all, Jimbo, Judith, Esme, James, and Karina. Good morning. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. There's a little poll that I created. Um, uh, I'd really appreciate if you could uh, just answer in what feels most natural in the most natural way for you at the moment. Um, it's about does it feel? Oh, it's a really badly worded question. Does it feel like money? Confuse them. Confuse them at the beginning. <laughs> Ultimately, does does money? Does it feel like money is flowing through your life at the moment? Does it feel like there is a flow? And so, just yes or no. And I accept maybe today might not be the same as yesterday or the same as tomorrow. But yeah, just a, just a little simple, simple question for you to answer in the poll section uh, to get us all warmed up as I have my coffee. Thank you very much. That is service. Um, but today, uh, we're kind of taking a little bit of a departure from just the practical, tactical stuff about pricing and going a bit deeper ah, your reflections on this this detour that we're taking ben yeah so uh, i know you guys at the happy startup school are kind of big advocates of both experiments and emergence uh and uh, so on the emergence point i think that sounds like science for making it up as you go along but i'm willing to accept that there's something else going on there <laughs> the, on the experiment side which obviously is more familiar domain of science too um this does feel like uh, a bit of a bit of an experiment and we were just having a little conversation beforehand uh, and and i think so decided that we would have this conversation talking about uh, the book uh, because there was sort of quite, you know, I, I sort of quite enjoyed quite a lot of the insights in it. The book is called The Soul of Money. There you are, holding it up to the camera, which obviously does nothing for everybody who's listening to it on the podcast. Um, but there we go. We can't please all the people all the time. Um, so, yeah, so a, a slight um, departure from from the norm to talk about the book, which then kind of filled me with this massive amount of panic 
which is what the fuck? I don't know that actually I'm totally authorized to really talk about the book. <laughs> but fortunately, you kind of had pulled out a few key points and we had a conversation beforehand about just trying to understand how does a lot of the ideas in there connect with with what we are interested in and, and what we're we're trying to do. So yes. Uh, yeah, no, I I think it's it's interesting because like when we talk about the course, happy pricing, it's about trying to price more powerfully, more confidently, more authentically. Um, and, and just reflecting, well, there's two things that reflect on that. A, how can you price authentically if you don't know what your relationship is to money? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? Um, because that's, that's going to be core to you being able to do things in a comfortable way that feels aligned. Uh, and two, we, we talked about this actually a while ago. It's like actually one of the aspects uh one of the things that we would love to work on if we had more time in the course and i think people would appreciate more and they've asked about is is the money stories the stuff our relationship to money really affects how well we can work in a business context in the terms of pricing and selling and all that stuff and so um i think lawrence highlighted the book last week you you know you shared it and i i, I decided to have a listen to it over the weekend and i'm rubbish at reading so i just listened to audiobooks at twice speed <laughs> but I guess, yeah and 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 what that does i i just picked out some stuff that that was really fascinating for me um and there's the the big things were the three myths the three toxic myths that she talks around money and, that, and that's for me part of what i thought we could talk about today um and so what i was gonna i'm gonna share a little poll as well around them and maybe before anyone starts on them, we can just describe a bit more what these three toxic myths are. So for me, yeah, so there are the myths, according to the book, there is never enough, more is better, and that's just the way it is. So with there is never enough, and she talks to this in, in the context of uh, I think is it uh, scarcity and sufficiency or something like mm -hmm. that? Is that the two words she mm -hmm. uses? So yeah. there is never enough. Is that there is a finite amount of money, and there's too many people, and so mm -hmm. there's not enough money to go around. So that's one toxic myth. The second one: more is better. The more money we accumulate, the more stuff we get, the better it is. So another myth, and the final one is, and that's the way it is. You know, you can't change it. It is set in stone, and that's the way life works. Is that is that is that how you understood those three myths? Yeah, yeah. And the the only thing that I'd add, which I think is um, not to sort of complicate it even further, um, but the there's another book which I know Carlos we've we've spoken about before, which is called Thirty Lies About Money by Peter Koenig. Uh, and uh, I look, you're going to retrieve it from the shelf, or are you just leaving the room? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Like, look at that. Perfect. Um, and the thing that's kind of interesting about kind of both of these is, of course, they are notionally about money, or they are sort of in some many respects about money, in the same way that our course and our teaching has pricing on the label. But of course, these are just sort of labels. And actually, where she's talking about in the book, you know, there is never enough money, there is never enough, there is never enough. So this idea about so there isn't enough money to go around, or that more money is better, and that that's just the way it is around money. In part, she's talking about the kind of label of money. But of course, the thing that kind of gives us, makes us kind of think and feed those worries that there's never enough is not just that there is never enough, that there isn't enough money, it's just the, the, the kind of feelings which kind of pervade our day to day 
are ones of kind of lack and scarcity that I don't have enough time. I And she talks in the book, like actually from our first thoughts in the morning often is I didn't get enough sleep. So that, you know, we kind of have running through so much of the kind of narrative of what we do, this idea that I don't have enough. Uh, and so scarcity, of course, then comes to kind of play in, in the money is basically the connection that she's making. So yeah, so she, she talks about this kind of idea, this, this idea that there is never enough is really very, very common, but actually is sort of wrong and quite misleading. Uh, and uh, actually what is, there is not enough, it's actually just a feeling more than it is a reality. Uh, and then the, the same point, the kind of more is better is just obviously the kind of the the kind of reverse of that. You know, if, uh, if you kind of come from a place of kind of feeling that there is a sort of scarcity with it, that there isn't enough. Actually, that sort of compels a behavior, which is about kind of more is better. Uh, and, you know, like Carlos and I were just talking that she talks about in this book, but this these ideas of kind of greed, hunger, trying to kind of accumulate things because it makes me kind of bigger, stronger, fitter, whatever it might be. These are kind of true in almost many, well, many aspects of our kind of, of our life. She's just shining the lens of it on how it turns up with money. Um, so, yeah, so there isn't enough. That creates this thing of there is kind of more is better. And then the third point, that that's just the way that it is. I mean, I think she's, I think we were maybe talking about, I can't remember, one of the earlier um, sort of waking up to money. We were talking about challenging assumptions and we're talking about challenging assumptions around money, challenging assumptions around what it is that you you think your clients are buying, challenging assumptions around the value of your work. This generally kind of challenging assumptions. I think what she's really talking about there and how it kind of links to what we're interested in is actually we, we take so much for granted. Uh, and I don't just mean that in a count your blessings kind of way, but equally it, it can be in a negative way. We assume that things are because that's the way they've always been, that our clients are interested in these things or that I will not have enough money or I can only charge these amounts or whatever the thing might be. We just sort of take as a given loads and loads of assumptions without ever really giving ourselves the time and opportunity to challenge them. And in a kind of true emergent sense, the thought which was just coming into my head then that given that last point about just the way that it is, I was reminded of the title of our little webinar podcast here, this kind of waking up to money thing. I think what we're sort of interested in is this idea of, okay, so challenging the idea of that's just the way that it is. And so we're interested in a kind of practical sense of challenging the idea of this is just the way that it is, like with kind of pricing and money. But the other thing we're kind of interested in, because it is all sort of connected, is it kind of challenging the idea of how we do our best work. You know, what are the kind of conditions which mean we come to our work with all of our kind of creative energy, with all of our creative capacities, all of our kind of innate kind of wisdom and ingenuity, which we kind of all have in abundance. But actually, in some ways, what she's talking about, because there is a feeling of scarcity around, which creates this kind of kind of need to kind of have more. Actually, those things are really getting in the way of our ability to come with our kind of most sort of creative, ingenious and wise selves. Awesome. Yeah, um, well, we're going to dig a bit deeper into this. I just wanted to welcome, I think it's Francis, Jennifer and Dave who've joined us. Thank you for joining us live. Um, there is a, a poll around uh there's a couple of questions here we've asked around whether money is you feel like money is flowing through your life and i think most people here feel like it is flowing well which is great but maybe uh, one then... way as somebody <laughs> said in the chat <laughs> yes which way is it flowing is the interesting <laughs> point um 
And then there's this idea of what we described in terms of these toxic myths. And, and just be curious to which one of these most resonates. It might not necessarily be something that's supremely taking over your life at the moment, but is it which one of these plays most acutely or, you know, you, you're more sensitive to, um, whether it's about enoughness, uh, having more, or you can't change things. That's just the way it is. So I'd be really curious to hear your thoughts uh, or see your thoughts there. And also say hi in the chat. Uh, it's always nice. And um, say good morning. It just gives us a bit of a, a little boost to know that there's people out there listening. Um, on that, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to work out where to go next because I felt there was something here. You know, we, we this idea of uh, sufficiency versus scarcity, um, and how I think you know there's this, there's this thing about oh, there's not enough money, for instance. If, if, if we take the, the point, okay. Money isn't flowing in the right way for me, or it isn't flowing basically, or there's not enough flowing it flowing in the way I want it to flow, um, and and there's and that's because there's not enough of it. Either way, it's all flowing over there. It's not flowing to me, or it's flowing away from me, or flowing away from me, yeah. or it's coming to me, and I'm just going to keep hold of it because I don't want it to let mm -hmm. it go away. Um, uh, and and that sense of all right. There's, I think there's there's two ways you think about this. On one level, like, there's an existential threat. I don't have enough money to pay the mortgage. I don't have enough money to pay the rent. I don't have enough money to buy food. And I think that justifiably, that's that's a reasonable space to feel that's right. Okay, there's not enough money for me at the moment, and I can I, I we can't dismiss that. And then there's another awareness of like actually, if you look at it, you can pay for all those things. It just feels like it. Mm. And I think that for me is part of the identifying where do you actually sit? Mm -hmm. Are you under existential threat or is this something else that you're, is a feeling that you just need to find out where it comes from? Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess the, well, a couple of things were coming up when you were talking. One, I, I mean, my sort of, my assumption <laughs> that I will happily kind of sort of project onto everybody is that actually it's all a feeling, right? And I guess we, in the context of, of kind of where we where we are and the people who are likely to be on this, actually we have the kind of capacities, the creative abilities, the kind of will, the intent, and you know the the kind of the good nature actually to be able to kind of make things happen for ourselves to an extent. So I think our ability to ensure that there is money coming in to be able to pay for those. Sure, it might be kind of challenging at times, but the feeling is a really, really difficult one to sort of shake off that there isn't enough. And so that, you know, whether whatever the reality of the actual money coming in, money going out thing, the feeling really influences everything, obviously. And I think for me, that's, you know, an important thing to get your head around is the feeling around that. Uh, one other sort of little thing, which uh, might be a bit of a diversion, but it was just in my mind. When, when we were sort of talking, just you sort of started to talk there, we were talking about the kind of flow, the feeling of kind of flow. One of the things I was kind of reminded of, uh, which she does actually talk about in, in the book, which I think is a, is a useful exercise. I don't know how often everybody, I know I certainly didn't really, and how much kind of time and kind of care and sort of thought I gave to money actually coming to me. So when I made a sale, for example, 
when somebody bought something from my business or when somebody buys something from me now, actually how much time I took just to pause and kind of reflect on the kind of goodness of that. Because a lot of the things around the kind of feeling and all of that sort of stuff, you know, actually is just, it, it is a flow and it flows away really fucking quickly because we don't actually take time to appreciate both sides of that flow. So we just notice it going and actually scoot over the many, many instances, I'm sure, actually, where it's come to us uh, mm. through work that we enjoy and inspires and all those sorts of things. So the importance of kind of taking time to see both ways around, see the money coming in as well as worrying about the money going out. And actually, one starts to positively affect the other, if that makes sense. Well, no, right. totally. Um, I just want to acknowledge that Dave just posted a comment, uh, a challenge he always has is knowing there is plenty of money out there, but balancing that with the reality of feeling like that you're always up against it. So I assume that's with the business. There's a, there feels a lot of energy and effort in there to try and make the money flow. And mm. Sam, I think, is also acknowledging that in terms of she liked the way Dave worded it and it's the difference believing that there is enough and uh, and seeing the reality of it in her life and mm. business uh, so um, Dave Sam if you would like to come up and just have a quick chat about that in terms of what that means for you um just say uh, just say yes in the chat uh, so I'd like to come and chat and we'd we'll love say, to no go you. away leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in my running gear, as Kate was last time. I'm just about to kick the kids. Well, actually, the kids should already be at school, I hope. Um, so, yeah, if, if, you, if you'd like to just offer your reflections, we'd really, really enjoy to have you on and just have a quick chat about it. Um, Mainly because, yeah, this is an experiment, and we definitely don't claim to have any of the absolute answers or even remote answers. <laughs> Dave says, no, go away. He doesn't want to be on. Oh, I feel rejected. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, he was pulling my leg. Oh, okay, he says, okay, go, no probs. Uh, we're going to try and get Dave on and then maybe, uh, yeah, my, yeah, with all of this, uh, your reflections, Dave, your your stories are bound to resonate with someone uh, and it's always going to help. And I think it's it's uh, nice to be able to talk about these things just to, as a way to just explore yeah, what it is that gets in our way in this kind of story of having money flow through our lives. Um, and I had something on, I had something I wanted to say based on what you were saying before. It was a really good point. It was, it was an amazing point. It was going to basically be life-changing and transformative. Yeah. Actually, it was about transformation because I think one of the things that we're keen to do is around transformation, is around behavior change. And the whole happy pricing course isn't about just let make loads of money. It's about how do you transform your behavior when it comes to running your business so that you have more ease and you feel more powerful and more in control. Uh, and that takes not just learning the tactics and strategies. It also takes understanding what's getting in your way and dealing with some of these underlying stories that feel a bit messy and more challenge and more difficult to resolve would you accept that ben uh yes i would accept that <laughs> uh yeah definitely um because I, I think yeah this whole sort of journey and it, like sort of specifically what we're working on together around the kind of pricing stuff and i know a lot of all of the other things that you also kind of provide and offer through the Happy Startup School more generally, is about this kind of sort of transition. And actually, the transformation, one of the things that she talks about in the book um, is she references a talk she was at by the 
um, the the architect, engineer, futurist, Buckminster Fuller. And it was in, in the 70s. And he was doing a, a kind of worldwide tour at the time uh, around this idea of what he was calling integrity days. And kind of central to his whole kind of talk, his whole thesis was, look, there, you know, particularly at this point in time, which was in the 70s, and I would argue it's only more so now, you know, there is an ability to do so much more with less, with less stuff. Uh, and so there is the opportunity then to, um, you know, to basically, you know, to, to kind of live with live with enough. Uh, yeah. And that's what he was kind of arguing was going to happen. And so he was talking about making this shift from uh, to kind of to a, a you and me perspective. Where it was the way the lens that we bring to all of our work and everything that we do is about the opportunity of you and me. It's not me yeah. versus you. He didn't use those words, but it was the you and me idea. And I think that's yeah. very true to what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to touch on that later when we talk about pricing. But we have Dave. Hello. Welcome, Dave. Dave. Hi, I'm, I'm Ben. How are you doing? Oh, very good. Well, really grateful for you joining us this morning. Yeah, thanks um, for having me on. I it looks like you've actually got a green screen behind I you. I have like actually got a green screen. Is it going to be, you're going to do the weather? It, it's concealing all manner of ills behind me. And if I, if I, you see things that are not meant for public consumption. If you know. <laughs> oh, I'm now really curious. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it hanging there like a little hook. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I thought it would be... Um, yeah, just give you a chance maybe to just elaborate a bit more in terms of what you made that you know that comment about balancing the reality of feeling like you're up against it versus yes. knowing um, there's plenty of I don't I, like this is quite an interesting one. Like I don't know if you've read Rob Moore's like money book. I don't know if you've read that book. But it's quite an interesting one. It's um it sort of goes back to like the the history of money and how it's you know it's basically just sort of bartering evolved. Mm. You know, it's as it's as meaningless as you know just giving someone a handshake, and mm. uh, you know. But yet, people sort of build the whole lives and careers and goals and ambitions around it. And it's sort of like an interesting sort of you know book. And part of it was sort of realizing that there's there's an enormous abundance of it mm. <laughs> out there, <clears throat> and. Um, you know, I think the challenge for me personally has been that I don't come from like a particularly affluent family or anything, you know, so it's sort of working class kind of uh, like roots. So the, the like the feeling like that mental leap of that people have where they're used to seeing large amounts of money is is like more of a mental leap for me, I think, to like, you, you know, because you're not used to from an early age seeing lot you know it's in your life and the flow that you guys are talking about and mm -hmm. i think you know that, that definitely feels like that's that has disadvantaged you know your mindset more than anything it's not like your access to what you can do and achieve but like the mindset of knowing that there's that money out there and that you could you know tap into it or the resources to go to feels like i have to sometimes get over these bigger mental hurdles mm. to kind of feel like sometimes you're being backed up against the wall, you know, for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, I've been in business for sort of 14 years. So I've kind of been through ups and downs as like the cycles that, you know, that, that we've all been through and yeah, it just, you know, it's, yeah, I, I, I still feel it's a challenge for me. Like mm. the, the mindset of like feeling like there's enough out there <laughs> when, you know there is this there's so much out there it's just 
you know convincing you trying to convince yourself that you, you you're worthy to go and get it i think sometimes mm. is a is a challenge yeah that's really really good dave i i, I like the I, I didn't know that book but i think yeah everything that you're sort of talking about there just yeah essentially money is this thing we've imagined into the world not us not us three we're not only responsible for it but you know <laughs> it has been imagined into the world and which we now kind of invest almost everything in we actually even that language I just use, you know, the, the the kind of, it's so kind of pervasive, isn't it? Like we talk about things, like I say, we invest in the idea. Everything starts to kind of sort of gather around this thing around money. And we kind of, we've basically given money all the power, haven't we? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's kind of, it's like, it's like a little forerunner for what's going to happen with artificial intelligence. When humans create something that runs rampantly out of control. <laughs> <laughs> and so kind of there's something around sort of money, which I think has happened with that. I think the interesting thing that was coming up, you were talking about, because I sort of totally get you, you know, that um, the, so the, the, the beliefs that we kind of grow up with, like, you know, whether we have money around, like we say, yeah, okay, we sure we know that there's lots of money in the world because you know, there seems to be people are talking about, you know, billions of this, trillions of that and whatever. And, you know, we have clients and customers, whatever, who so we, we can see the idea of money out there. Um, and um, but I think one of the things actually, which was coming out as you were sort of talking there, which just sort of got me thinking, I know when we do work with companies as well. So I'm just trying to sort of translate it back. I think for me, like money is a really bad uh, well, not for me. The, in the work that we do, we come sort of saying to them that the money is actually a really poor um, target. So lots of people, if you talk about people in their business, what's your target this year? It's like, I'm going to have this <laughs> number, this profit, whatever. But actually money, like finances, as a, it's a really bad target because like the money that we earn when we sort of transit is actually in response, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a reward for work done. Uh, and yeah. actually, the kind of better target in many respects is the work that you're doing more than it is the, the the money. And I guess the only reason that's relevant, I bring it back to what you're saying, is maybe the thing to work on um, is the things that you can do which actually relegate the importance of money more than working out how to get over this imaginary hump of how I can see money in a different way. Because if you sort of, if you, and it, sort of in a really overly simplistic way, but, you know, if you kind of went through an audit of all of the kind of attributes that you have and that you bring to the world from your green screen to your <laughs> kind of creative abilities and whatever. But if you actually go through all of those things and you kind of recognize and appreciate the real actually kind of inherent value in all of those things, the money actually starts to become less important a little bit in comparison. And I guess the more in theory you can spend time in the idea of all of those good attributes Actually, the idea of money just is a little bit less important, and mm. the hold is a little bit less compelling. And actually, and, and like with all of these things, as the attention comes a little bit off one and comes onto the other, actually, you're kind of creating a bit more opportunity for that other one to kind of exist a bit more freely too. Yeah. See, I, I always think, you know, I think as I've got older and I've got kids, I, I kind of like the actual significance of money. I think, like as you're saying, is 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 less. Mm. critical like i think it's like the round having a more rounded life is yeah. a lot more important to me so you know i was never kind of never been kind of driven by targets well i did have patches where i felt you know as a sort of a, a a coach we had on board was kind of you know this is the way to go and actually it, it never it, it, i did went through the motions and you know got to a certain point and it felt like 
oh god you know then do i want to continue on this path you know like <laughs> where's it going to take me i'm going to be in a you know a miserable 50 year old sort of just sat there kind of you know going oh look i've built a you know an agency with 20 mm. people and you know i don't, I don't want to go to work you know so yeah. I, I sort of took some steps back so i kind of get the rounded part and i think i've been trying to focus more on delivering more more value like yeah. as a as a person so like growth and education and knowledge and things so you are more more valuable to someone else to then you're less have to be less reliant on volume of work and more like you know quality of uh, of, of of your participation in whatever it is mm -hmm. that, you know task you're undoing on so yeah it's just like <laughs> still trying to get to that 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 point where you have like financial ambitions you know it's, 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 it's i just think it's a really strange world isn't it because everybody has like this growth set my this growth mm. mentality so like you know always got to be moving on to them get the next thing get the you know and and life is partially about progress isn't it yeah. is it, i mean you know it's a big part of like mm -hmm. you know feeling fulfilled the problem is it's like so like most other people their markers of progress are you know your peers are in like things and yeah. your house and you know so it's quite i think it's very easy to feel like you're running through treacle sometimes when mm -hmm. you're trying to maybe you know you're just trying to value get the value out of the work rather than like monetary <laughs> if you see yeah. what i mean I, do, I don't know if that's i'm wondering so that when you're talking, David, it's really fascinating because I, I, I'm seeing sort of the way we work with money. There's two levels now. There's um, how we work operationally with money, because you know if you're running a business, you have incoming, you know, ingoing in, income and outgoings, and and you need to balance that, or you need to make sure that the in, income is more than the outgoings. And so you, there's a management of the flow of the numbers. So there's a real clear thing. I need to know what's going on there. I need to there's have a way of measuring what's going on and i think that's where a coach you know if their measurement of success is based on you pushing that number higher then they're going to push you to push that number higher mm. um so there's that aspect of like okay there's that there's a real clear measurement of progress or success and there's a another level around what came up for me is trust and uncertainty so we make money now for instance, so that when we can't make money, we still have money. Does that make <laughs> yeah. sense? When yeah. we're older, when we're sick, when something happens in the future, we know we're going to be safe because we have money. And so there's this real interesting thing about how, what does it mean to step into a place like, I will be fine mm. in the future, no matter what? Mm. Yeah. What does that take? <laughs> and what does that, what does that then do? to an entrepreneur and someone who does business not only in terms of trusting and not just trusting the future i'll be fine but like today i feel like making a hundred thousand pounds not that is it good is it bad it's like, i'm just gonna make it rather than i need to make it because or else i won't be able to survive into my 80s or something that do you see what i'm getting right? yeah 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 it's sort of a, yeah a, a totally different type of goal isn't it when you yeah rather than it being yeah it's just something that you'd like to achieve like a bit like climbing a mountain i guess isn't it it's sort of rather than a, a constant slog to 
it's an unobtainable, meaningless task. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny I think one. one of the other things you mentioned about uh, growth and uh, having a kind of growth mindset. And uh, I think, you know, all, all everything we're talking about here is, is this is not about growth or not growth. I think, you know, clearly where we're kind of at as a society is just valuing the wrong, trying to grow the wrong things, aren't we? You know, because yeah. actually there's, you know, like there's abundant opportunities for growth, aren't there? But, you know, it's like, what are we growing? Are we kind of growing in a sort of accumulative way? Like must get that more money, must get more clients, must get bigger business, blah, 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 because it's about security and success and all those things. That's one way of growing. But then there are like all the kind of qualities that you're talking about, everything that you've articulated. Each of these things kind of almost could know infinite growth, couldn't they? And in mm. some respects, we're just kind of focused on growing the wrong things, or we have been focused on growing the wrong things. Yeah. I think it's something I was looking at in a new, because of kind of starting a like a new venture, which is sort of my energy, a lot of my energy is going into now. And I think I'm trying to learn from some of the things that I've done, you know, wrong in previous, uh, you know, my previous enterprise. If we call it that, that sounds very grand. It's, uh, it's an absolutely tiny micro business, but uh, is is trying to get the purpose right straight from mm. where it go. And I think, um, although it's a very early stage, I'm starting to think about like, okay, you know, bringing people in and aligning them around like you know things I never did it previously were sort of getting KPIs for for job roles. You know, mm -hmm. so that you can people know that they're doing well, and you know how you sort of reward people. And, you know, it all comes back to money, doesn't it? But I think I've been trying to think about ways not to revolve it around money, you know. because Not only, not only, because I think that's it, the thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, not, not only, only, yeah. But, like, as a, as a, you know, the money is is a sort of a consequence more of yeah. um, achieving the higher purpose, like, mm -hmm. that's a less, you know, maybe that's aligned to our, you know, charitable goals rather mm -hmm. than, you know turnover goals for example like you know i don't know just trying to reshift the focus so it's mm -hmm. more about something bigger and meaningful that people want to be part of than it mm -hmm. is about <clears throat> you know it's just a job with a salary yeah. you know but interesting i, I like the I, I like the fact that you brought in you know brought into the conversation the idea of purpose uh, and when i think <clears> about <throat> when you're talking about growth ben uh, the the damaging potential damage of unfettered growth, mindless growth, growth for growth's sake, and then uh, you talked about purpose, Dave, and I relate that to impact. You know, growth of impact. You know, growth of impact potentially is a good thing, depending on the yeah. kind of impact you want to create. And so, uh, but then there's also we live in a paradigm, and this is where I'd really want to make you know. Part of my interest is I love the idea of the soul of money and I really appreciate our beliefs and ideas of what money means really and the pragmatic understanding that we live in this paradigm, this system mm -hmm. that works with money in a certain way. Yeah. And there are people that we are surrounded with who still think of money in a certain way. So how do we cocoon ourselves, protect ourselves, work? You know, remember the Ready Breck ads, the glow. <laughs> like, you can walk around with this glow <laughs> radioactive radioactive Look, glow little billy's glowing <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think it's only a certain age that you can actually really appreciate these, these images that are going through our minds but um but yeah to protect ourselves from other people's in insecurities about money while we develop our own powerful relationship to it and mm. still work with them if yeah. that makes sense 
And, and I think a key thing there, like you're saying, Carlos, is, is actually not cocooning, isn't it? It's not separating yeah. yourself away from those people or those ideas, because like you say, money is hugely important part of everything to do with how we live our lives. Uh, and so, but just like, I think what, what's coming out as you're saying there, the, the kind of better relationship we have with it, the better able we are able to help other people and do the do the stuff that we want to do. Cool. Thank you very much, Dave, for joining us. No, thank like, you. Really thanks, prompting thanks. us to think about this uh, in this way. Um, no, thanks. It's been awesome. a really interesting chat. Awesome. Well, you have thanks a great map today. And yes. um, yeah, really, um, yeah. Thank you for your thoughts. Thank you. Cool. It's always nice to have someone else because I'll get bored talking to you, Ben. I know, likewise. <laughs> Just to, <laughs> I get bored talking to me too. <laughs> so um any final conclusions from that then well um i don't know how kind of useful it is as a conclusion but the one sort of thought that i have actually like i said we said at the beginning came into this really quite unsure unclear where the conversation was sort of going how appropriate it was to be kind of riffing on someone else's book and how it linked to everything that we're interested in. Uh, but uh, have enjoyed the kind of emergent, making it up as you go along qualities of the conversation. Um, so, yes, that's my only real thought. Uh, I, I find, yeah, it's, it's interesting around um, trying to link some of the ideas from Soul of Money to what we're trying to help people with in terms of mm -hmm. Um, being more intentional and authentic with pricing. Um, and there is something interesting there around, I think one of the things we talk about, you talk about in the course, um, where where is the value? You know, what dictates mm. the value of what you do? And sometimes the value could be really huge for your customer and they mm -hmm. would want to pay lots of money. And whether you accept that or not, mm -hmm. Whether you work with that and allow that to flow to you, I think is based in some of the concepts in this book. Yeah. Around whether you're if if you feel that money flowing to you then stops at you mm -hmm. and does then allow you to channel that to do the things that you want to do in the world, whether that's good causes or even just making yourself feel happier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then I can imagine the resistance. I don't want to be mm -hmm. I don't want to charge that much money for my work because that money's evil yeah but then if it becomes like actually i'm just accepting it because it's going to flow it's not going to yeah. stop with me i'm not going to just hold on to it i'm going to spend it on learning i'm going mm -hmm. to maybe offer some free stuff for people who can who can't work with me or you know you can be creative then about mm -hmm. how that money is then used and how you spend yeah. it and then yeah you. as you're saying you're really engaging with the flow then which yeah. is the point yeah yeah, and I think you know whether it's money, creativity, energy. I think of the the book, uh, the Fifteen Commitments of a Conscious Leader, and they talk about was it? We I think we discussed this. You know, to me, by me, through me, and I remembered mm. for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fourth one. But the through me, how do we just become channels of good stuff of mm. letting whether it's money, whether it's creativity, whether it's impact, with you know whatever it is. We're not trying to stop it from or control it or, or put unnecessary stories that block the flow. Yeah. Cool. Oh, 
Well, uh, thank you everyone for staying with this uh, emergent journey, as Ben put it, this uh, wandering <laughs> through these ideas of uh, the soul of money and, and how it affects what we think about of, in terms of practical business. Oh, James. James has suggested another book called Money Magic. Okay. Um, and it's possibly even fruitier than the book Soul of Money. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So defining uh, money as energy uh, and money mm -hmm. archetype. Oh, okay. Might have to look for that one, James. Thank you very yeah, much. Thank you. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, Ben, until next thank week. You. Thank you again. Thank you, everyone. Uh, and yeah, looking forward to exploring uh, more of this and how we can uh, how we can use it practically. Yeah. As well as you know, getting coming to terms with these stories. How can we actually operationalize the soul of money <laughs> yeah and that's you know that's essentially i think where it all translates to the course so you're interested in the idea of it press that green button down there yes exactly <laughs> and we'd love to hear yeah we'd love to include more people on this journey so that mm. we can evolve the the things that we can do with with uh, with all of this information that we're collecting yeah okay take care ben thank you Thanks. thank you carlos thank you everybody everyone can return okay. to your lives Goodbye. Have a great rest of the day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our Waking Up to Money podcast. We hope you found it useful. If you're new to this podcast and this idea of waking up to money, then you may be interested in our happy pricing manifesto and course. Go to our website at happypricing.co where you can download the manifesto and also get a copy of our happy pricing canvas. The manifesto is our declaration of what we believe is important for pricing well and pricing happy. The canvas is a tool to help you make sense of the prices you currently set and what you can do to price more methodically and confidently. Twice a year, we also run our happy pricing course, where you'll get the chance to learn more deeply the ideas we share on the podcast with the guidance and support of Ben, and the cohort of like-minded peers who'll be doing the course with you. Please register to the course if you'd like to get alerted of when we're running it next. Go to the website, again, happypricing.co forward slash course. Also, please remember to follow us on Spotify and to share this episode and links to the podcast with any friends you think would find it useful. If you'd like to ask your questions live on our Waking Up To Money show, then register to our Crowdcast channel by going to ahappy.link forward slash waking up to money. See you soon.